Welcome to Unleash the Awesome with Dave Gambrill. All of us have unique skills, talents, and abilities that aren't being used to their full potential. Our mission is to share the people, tools, apps, and other resources that will help you unleash your awesome on the world. Yo, what's up? It's Dave. Welcome to another episode of Unleash the Awesome. Today, let's talk about how movement brings clarity. Movement brings clarity. As you probably heard lots of people say in the entrepreneurial space or anywhere else where there's a lot of go-getter type attitude, like go make things happen, the idea is like you're, you're not going to learn by just sitting around. You probably heard the fam- uh, famous man in the arena speech, right, which essentially says like, the people that are getting it done are the people that are down in the arena, the people that are playing the game, the people that are making things happen, the people that are taking action. Because you will not get the clarity that you're looking for. You will never get 100% clarity, but you certainly won't get anywhere close to that if you're just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. All right? If you think about a sports analogy, you could spend all week practicing and watching game film of the opponent, no matter what game you're talking about. I'm going to use football as the example. Lots of people understand that. I'm talking about American football, by the way, not soccer or football. All right, F- football, <laughs> where you throw the ball and kick the ball. Uh, when you think about football practice, like Tom Brady could sit around watching film all day. He could see what the other team does. He could see how his team could take advantage of what the other team is doing defensively, and he could even practice a little bit out with his team. But no amount of doing that is going to totally prepare him for what he's going to see on game day. And only through then, through going out and actually running the plays against another team, do you discover, wow, this plan is really awesome and it's working, or wow, this plan is not working, we need to do something else, or some of this plan is working, these plays are working, these plays are not, because the other team is doing this, so let's change a little bit, right? And the reason why people like Tom Brady are successful and a lot of sports people are successful is they do both the preparation, not saying you don't do the preparation piece, that that is critical, but then you get in the game and you start doing something and then you adapt on the fly. I did a podcast episode, one of the first few of this, I'll make sure I put it in the show notes for you, where I talk about the OODA loop, which is something that Colonel John Boyd in the Air Force, I think it was the late 1960s, discovered or, or codified about war fighting, especially during Vietnam. That's what this was about. But it was about, you know, what do you do once you start doing something and you start taking action? You do this UDA, observe, orient, decide, and act. But you'll notice the act piece is in there, and it's also a loop. So you take action, and then you go back to the orient. Like, okay, now what's happening? What's happening? Let's observe what's happened, right? Let's orient ourselves to the position. Let's decide what we're going to do now. Maybe it's the same thing. And then, like, take action. So observe, orient, decide, act. And you just continue going through that loop. But you can't do that if you're not taking action, if you're not in the game, if you're not making things happen. And I was listening to a podcast uh, by Andrew Huberman. It's called The Huberman Lab. You should probably listen to it. It's pretty geeky, right? You have to have a little bit of science background. Uh, By way of background, he is a neuroscientist and a tenured professor at Stanford University super smart guy. His podcasts are long form, usually two, three hours. I listened to one where he was a guest on somebody else's podcast, Jocko Willink, and it was like five hours. But what I like about him is he brings the science. He brings the real good randomized, controlled, sometimes placebo controlled 
trials that have been published in major um, journals so that we know that they're, they've been reviewed and other scientists like get it. So he brings a science, but he brings a practical piece as well. So if you're not scientific, you can't follow that part. Don't worry. He eventually gets to the practical piece of like, so what that means is, and if you listen to my last episode of this, so what? I'll put that link in the show notes for you as well. That's why I love Andrew Huberman. He gives the backstory, he gives the science, and then he provides the so what, the practical application. So what you can do with this information is this. So anyway, I was listening to him have some conversations about the stuff that he's really smart about, which is your neurobiology, neurochemistry, the things that your brain does. He focuses especially on the eyes and the inputs that you're getting through the eyes and what that does to your brain and how you can do all this stuff. And he doesn't like to use the term hacks because it's, he says it's not, you're not making a hack. You're just optimizing what your biology and your chemistry is already doing, your biochemistry. And so he said, I would do that based on the information we know about exercising in a fasted state or people getting up early in the morning and getting direct sun in their eyes. Don't look directly at the sun, by the way, but like getting outside without sunglasses to get sun in your eyes, what that does for your circadian rhythm, which helps improve your sleep, like all of this stuff. But one of the things he kept talking about was, and, and there were, there were da- there's data to back this up, which was neat. He was talking about how movement brings clarity. Right? I don't know if he used those exact words, but he was talking about, you know, hunter gatherers and as human beings, like we have certain receptors in our eyes where if we're sitting still, we are only perceiving so much information and we're not always using our periphery very well. But when we start to take action, we can bring in so much more information. And a lot of this is done very quickly subconsciously. But he was talking about how like the movement actually makes things clearer for you in a lot of situations. So you'll have to go listen to his stuff for all the the deep dive on that. But, you know, that's the science piece. You've heard it from the entrepreneurial piece. You've heard it from the sports piece. Like no amount of just sitting over there and getting stuck in analysis paralysis is going to help you get the clarity that you're looking for. You just cannot be 100%. And one of the other things Huberman said, Dr. Huberman said was, when you're trying to learn something, when you're learning something new, which is what would happen if you're launching a new product or you're putting a new business out to the world or whatever. He was talking about learning and he said for both human learning and a bunch of other animals learning, but also for machine learning, artificial intelligence, he said the optimal ratio that they've discovered is about getting it right 85% of the time and then getting it wrong or quote learning other 15% of the time. So 85% of the time you're getting it right, 15% you're learning. And he said, like, if you're trying to create a learning environment for people, that's ideally kind of what you'd be looking to do. You don't want them to get everything right all the time because they're not learning and adapting and growing. You have to challenge them a little bit. And he talks all about that stuff in his podcast, too, about how just doing the same thing over and over is not going to stretch you. You have to do things slightly different to get better results, whether that's physically or mentally or whatever. But, you know, then when he started talking about this, I thought, yeah, that's why you've heard people like Seth Godin say, If you're 100% thrilled with your product or your service before you launch it, you waited too long to launch it. Additionally, you won't even know, like you'll have your own biases about your product or service. And even if you do focus groups and you run your own like founding members launch and get some people to give you some feedback that have paid you for your services. So it's really good feedback. It's not asking blind people to proofread your vision. I'll put that episode 
in the show notes for you as well. Don't ask blind people to proofread your vision, but you're getting good feedback from people that understand what you're doing. They're in that niche or they're your ideal customer avatar, whatever, and you get feedback from them, then you can change your thing. So even if you thought it was 100% great, you're going to launch it out to the marketplace and you're going to get feedback that tells you, we might like you to tweak this, right? And you're never going to please all the people all the time, but you'll continue to get some feedback around one thing or one category and you'll go, oh, okay. If it would make it easier for people to use this information, then sure, we'll change that the next time we record it or the next episode we put out or whatever. All right, I've had a little bit of feedback about this podcast. And what I try to do is keep it under 20 minutes. It's generally around 10 to 15, something like that, because that's just enough for people when they are driving their kids to school. Maybe they want to listen with the kids in the car. It's enough for them to listen to it when they're in the shower or they're working out, like getting ready in the morning. It's just a little bite-sized nugget to give you some actionable information that you could use in your day, right? So I got that feedback from people of like, that would be a sweet spot. Now, occasionally I might do an interview and it might go 45 minutes, an hour, maybe a little longer, right? But I think that's worth it, especially if I bring on an expert. I'm not only going to talk to him for five minutes and be like, hey, thanks for coming on. Okay, bye. Right? So we're going to talk a little bit. So like this podcast that Jocko Willink did with Andrew Huberman the other day was five hours. They didn't cut it short. They're just like, or edit it. They're just like, here it is. And, you know, I didn't listen to it all in one sitting. It took me a little bit to get through it, but I got through it, right? And I'm sure they get feedback on that too about, well, it's too long. Like, well, it's actually just short enough for us to get all this information out. There's so much great content in there. And I'll make sure that I reference that specific um episode in the show notes for you so if you want to go check it out right so think about that no amount of analysis paralysis right sitting around and analyzing again is going to help you get the clarity you want right one of my mentors james wedmore will say like the learning is in the doing the learning is in the doing right to me i say movement brings clarity like you you gotta get going I, you know, I've been thinking about my own health and fitness journey lately and focusing more on that than I have in the past few years. Honestly, kind of let that go a little bit. And no amount of me, you know, I've been doing a combination of, um, we have a Peloton bike and we have some other things at our house. So I've been doing a combination of things, but no amount of me looking at like, oh, here's what this Peloton ride on the bike is like. Like, here's the program. Here's what they're looking to do in this 20 minute or 30 minute ride. They're going to do this and we're going to be up out of the saddle, standing up and pedaling for this amount of time with this much resistance. Like I could look at all that, but I don't really know how challenging that's going to be for me until I get on it. And then I do the ride for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And if I can stay with them the whole time, then I'm like, okay, now I know. Like now I have the clarity that I need around. I need to do more rides like this because it was pushing me hard and my heart rate was higher than it probably needs to be or my legs are burning more than they need to be. So like this is something I need to continue to work towards so that I can do this kind of ride or this kind of thing more consistently without feeling like, I'm totally exhausted, right? Because there are some times when you want to exercise and feel like that, but right, you just want to be pushing yourself incrementally so that your body can then recover and then that becomes the next baseline for you, right? And then there's other rides that I do that I'm like, wow, I barely broke a sweat. This was, I didn't, like I thought this would be harder based on the information that I had and looking at it, right? But now that I've been doing some more rides and I understand who these different trainers are and how they like to program things and some of the data that you get, through the Peloton in terms of your resistance and your output and all these other things, now I can look at it. But now having had the reps with different people with different kinds of rides on different days, different times, I tend to do it in the morning because that's just what I'd like. And that's what Dr. Andrew Huberman recommends, by the way. Uh, 
But now I know. Now I have the clarity, the clarity about, oh, yeah, this is good, or this is what I should do, or I shouldn't do this a lot. I should probably back off and save this. Right? I usually do 20 or 30-minute rides. did a 45-minute ride last weekend because I'm like, yeah, I got some time to recover. I don't really have anything going on. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm glad that I did that on a weekend because that took a lot out of me. But now I know what that's like, and I know how to prepare, and I know what I need to do to get better at doing that thing. But no amount of me just looking at it would have helped me anymore, anymore, right? I got to like 80%. I looked at the information, and then I got on the bike and rode it. I went. I got in a game. I did the thing. And now I have much more information, much more clarity about what kind of rides I need and how it's going to help me and what kind of rides I should stay away from, at least right now, until I build better cardiovascular base or I get my legs stronger or whatever the case may be. So think about that as you have things that you've thought about doing or you're researching or you just kind of have stuff out there. Maybe you want to write a book or launch a podcast or whatever it is for you. And you've been sitting around thinking about it and researching and thinking about it and researching and sitting around and thinking about it and researching and talking to people about it and wondering and sharing it and whatever and asking blind people to proofread your vision and getting bad, terrible feedback from them. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you are never going to know anymore until you JFDI. Just freaking do it. Although many times the F is not pronounced that way, right? You just have to do it. You just have to launch it. You just have to get it out there. I'm not saying just launch anything at any time, but when you've done the homework and you've done a little research and you're like 80% there and you're like, ah, I think this is pretty good, then go, then launch it, then put it out there because you will not get any more clarity about it until you actually do it. Then you get the feedback and then you can decide, hey, we need to do this again differently or in rare cases, you might be like, wow, we're never doing that again. Like I would advise in a lot of things, you probably want to get some more data points, but you tweak it, you put it out there again, you get, get a little more success. You're like, oh, okay. Then you get some feedback from paying customers and you go, oh, all right, let's change it a little bit. And then you tweak it and then you get more success, right? That's how these things work. And every now and then you'll take a step back to take two steps forward, or sometimes you take two steps back to take a step forward, whatever the case may be. But that's the kind of information that you need. That's the, if the, you're looking for clarity, you get the clarity when you put things in motion, right? The learning is in the doing. The clarity comes from the movement. So if you want to unleash your awesome on the world, get moving so you can get the clarity that you're looking for. See ya. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Awesome. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please share us on your favorite social media platforms using hashtag UnleashAwesome.